I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone. Welcome along. Monday, 8 p.m., the live land. I'm not going to lie, everyone. We'll kind of apologize in advance because this is going to be a very tired live land. We might argue some tonight. Because we're all running on not a lot of sleep, boys. I'm, I'm too tired to even argue, mate. I'm just going. If you say anything daft, I'm just, I'm just. Someone else can have you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's been a manic weekend. There's been so much going on, but we um, we got it all covered just about. But today it's like oof, we're all feeling it. But what a weekend, boys! So much gone on. So much to talk about. The yeah, problem I'll, is when there are these sort of weekends, we don't know what each other's really been up to. I'll um I'll add to the apology because it was me while we was late, so I was trying to set a little nap in before the show and it literally just didn't happen. You had one of them <laughs> car this morning, at least you've slept. I got in the door, we left Yeovil at quarter past eight this morning. I walked in my door at twenty past seven this evening. Yeah, I, I was a really bad passenger this morning. I uh I just had a little sleep while uh, I was chauffeur-driven home by Jack. Which yeah, I, got, I got to bed at 2.30 and the alarm went off at 6. <laughs> could um, be worse. You could have been back at the hotel last night, getting ready. Lee whips his shoes and socks off, goes, all oh, my feet stink. Walk past me to get into bed. And he goes, oh, do you want these scampi fries? No, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to mind knowing I've got six hours sleep before I've got to get home for him to have a meeting for work and he bloody missed it um, it's the it's behind the scenes of being in the media and it's, it's, it's <laughs> um, yeah it's been so yeah obviously we didn't have the time to sort of guest out today but we're going to waffle Along, uh, say hello to the chat room as always. Tommy, how we doing? Uh, Matthew, uh, Graham, how we doing? Joe is in from the states. Uh, how we doing? Connor, we're going to talk about that, obviously. Simon, <laughs> there was no professionalism today, that's for sure. Um, 
Paddy, how are we doing? Uh, don't worry, Max, there has been plenty of caffeine. Uh, Frank, evening, James. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that today as well. Simon, uh, Tommy Boy, and uh, cheers, Josh. Thank you very much indeed. Um, so, boys, where would you like to start tonight? You go first, so I can nap for 20 minutes. <laughs> um, you you tell us what happened in Hill Design. Uh, and Joe, how are we doing? Yeah, look, the race for the women's match play is done. We finally had some dark green on Sunday. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit shocked it took them so long. Yeah. They, they, like, I even DM'd them on Twitter and saying, do we have any dark green yet? And they're like, well, these two can't be caught. I was like, they're still light green. You're breaking your own rules. <laughs> yeah, to be yeah. honest, we'll let them off because the doo doo is fantastic oh, on that website. So uh, for one race, we'll we'll allow it this time. But next year, yeah, that is all right. <laughs> um, yeah, look, going into Sunday, it was all done bar one spot. It was only eight up for grabs, and the way it was looking and the way it was playing out, it was a straight shootout between Noen and Van Noyden. And Lorraine Wynn Stanley. Priscilla Steenbergen almost upset the apple cart, but going into the day, Lorraine had a lead, which we'll talk about in a minute. But the first event was uh, event number nine. And no surprise, Bo added to her collection to beat Makura Suzuki 5 1 in the final. Um, Nearly 96 average, played some played some really good stuff. Um, Corinne Hammond making a semi-final. And at this point, you're thinking, is Corinne making a late dash for the match play? But if you look at it the, from the quarterfinals onwards, it's a very dominated lineup by the, the, the top females. We have Makuru, Laura Turner, Lisa, Fallon, uh, Bo, um, Corinne, um, Corinne Hammond and Lauren Hyde made a quarterfinal, which was a good run from her, along with Chrissy Manley making a quarterfinal. Well, practice with Peter ahead of the World Championship seniors next year must be paying off. Um, but Bo got the job done. Event number 10. It was won by Fallon. She ended her wait for a Women's Series title. However, the story was in the last 16 game when Paula Jacqueline beat Bo Greaves 4-2. And as Lee put in our chat, not Lee, I just need to go to sleep. Um, Dan said, I'd never thought I'd hear the day I said, and Paula Jacqueline is going to be our feature game. <laughs> I mean, it is, Paula Jacqueline was the easiest money those in the sport have ever made a couple of years ago. Oh, ridiculous. The, the easiest money. So they can go and knock out arguably, not arguably, the best player in the world right now who has a higher ceiling game than literally anything else we've possibly ever seen 
in the women's game. Big turnaround in a couple of years. Didn't back it up enough, but look, Paula can play. Look, there's a lot of comedy and whatever that goes around with the Jacqueline's because of the way the BDO has been ran and, and various stories from down the line. Um, but she can still play. She's, she's won enough titles, whether or not the big players have been there every single time in the BDO slash WDF system over the years to, to compete and contend. She just doesn't have an A game that can go and match these lot consistently enough. Yeah, but that that was the, the the shock in this one. But again, you look at the quarter final. Aileen playing some good stuff. Priscilla Steinbergen getting there. Uh, Fallon, uh, McCurry, Robin Byrne, Yvonne Taylor played some decent stuff as well. Um, but in the final, it was Fallon Sherrick who beat Robin Byrne. That Fallon, we know what she can do. But it's good to see Robin Byrne backing up that title that she won earlier on. And I think it was event four. With, a, with another run to a final. Yeah, very, very impressive. I think overall, to, to think where she's finished on the, where she's seeded for the match play, has just shown what an impressive sort of 12 months that Robin's had. Um, and I guess the flip of that, it's also the bleeding into a TV event that Fallon's back to winning ways, that that adds another story to obviously everything that happened over the past couple of weeks with the NBA. Just Fallon getting back to being on a dartboard on the women's series and picking up events is uh, was good as well. So after an impressive Super Series week, so all round a very positive set and was it event ten? Yeah, uh, event 10. yeah, very positive event ten with the massive shot in there of Bow losing. To think that she only lost one all weekend and that was the opponent <laughs> will sort of stand out on it. <laughs> If she, if she only won one event and then she'd lost a few more at that sort of stage, it wouldn't be probably noted as big. But the fact that happened. Yeah. Uh, that. Evening, Mace. I hope you are good, buddy. Uh, Philip, yeah, look, we're going to talk about Vinakainen in a minute. Um, but moving on, event 11. The final was Bo against Fallon, and it was an absolute belter of a final. Went to a deciding leg. Uh, Bo won it. 5-4, but again, nothing between them. Um, but one of the best games I've seen, just in terms of a little bit of everything, was Bo against uh, Kirsty Vinakainen in that semi-final. You look at the scoreline and it says 5-2 to Bo and you kind of think fairly comfortable, far from it. Um, Vinakainen was superb in this one. She took out, I think it was a 1-4-1 to make it 2 all. Yeah. She then missed the ball for a 1-6-1, missed the ball for a 1-2-7 as well. This could have easily been the other way, but it was just full of drama and good darts from both of them. Kirstie is one that, before she played in the Women's Series, I'll be honest, didn't have a clue who she was. There's still a lot of unknowns around how long she's been playing and, and, and where this level has come from, but she's been a fantastic addition to the women's series, she's incredibly competitive. She keeps getting better and better as well. And um, it's brilliant to see the Nordic and Baltic regions represented at the women's series level to, to such a high level. Um, she will keep getting better as well, I have no doubt in that, and will keep contending, probably not in time for the World Championships, because that race is pretty tight. But this time next year, 
Yeah. Just keep playing the way she is. She will certainly be in the battle for that top eight. I mean, event 11 pretty much summed up the weekend, didn't it? Aileen is sick to death of seeing Fallon Sherrick, and Fallon Sherrick is sick to death of running into Poe Greaves in finals. Yeah, well, there's, there's a couple others which we'll go into afterwards that I'm going to give shout-outs to. But um, Aurora Fochisato getting to a quarterfinal as well. Good run from her. But moving into event 12, the final one, whoever won it was was kind of irrelevant. All eyes were on that race for eighth spot. Going into it, it was in Lorraine's hands and she lost in the first round. So you can only imagine what's that like. If you're in the UK, you can bugger off home. But when you're stuck in Germany, you can't escape what's going on around you and had to watch. And we said this was going to be on the draw. And when the draw was done, I messaged you boys straight away. In one half, you had Bo, Fallon, Lisa, Makuru, Corin, Kirsty Hutchinson, all in one half. Oh, there was a huge chance for someone in the bottom. And as it played out, that's how it went. But... It all hinged. There was... Where was the game? There. So, last 16 game. It was Noelin Van Leuden against Laura Turner. Both in the bottom half. And at this point, they could both catch. And you were looking at the bottom half. The winner of that one was, was going to make the assault. And Noelin bashed up Laura 4-1 in the end. But it was the quarterfinal game that done it. She had to beat Rianne O'Sullivan, which at the moment is not an easy task because the Welsh captain is playing so well at the moment. But sometimes when your name's on it, your name's on it. And we've seen it so often in sport. And Noelin beat Rianne, then she was in pole position. It was only Priscilla Steenbergen that could stop her, but she had to win the event. But just the way it panned out was so good going into that last event. It was. I think what what will be the most disappointing thing from Lorraine Winstanley's point that she missed out is that her and Noelin were on the same board. If it, if it's in your hands and you get that shot and you're beaten, I think you can you can take that step back. I'm just having a look at the numbers from Lorraine's game against Denise Cassidy now. She loses 4-3, deciding leg. Was sat on 35 in that one. She lost the opening leg. She was sat on 25. So I think that means she's missed a dart or a ball. Yeah. And she lost leg four in which she was on the madhouse. Yeah. So she's been around the doubles. So she's been all around the place. So she's had chances there to beat Denise Cassidy. And then it would have been win Stanley versus Van Leuven in the next round. And I think if you lose at that point, A, you've gone around further. So it makes it more difficult. But B, it was in your hands. You've had that grass. And, and to not get that matchup when they were drawn on the same board will be a little bit frustrating. On the positive side, Chris Murphy said this while we were streaming yesterday, and he is 100% correct. If Sky do not go and snap up Lorraine Winstanley for coverage of this event, somebody there wants shooting. Because as, as gutted as she will be to miss out, for darts fans, if we get Lorraine Winstanley as a pundit or as a commentator... Even if it's just for this session, we have gained. And as, as, as she's she's just excellent. She's she's so so good. And I don't think we've heard anywhere near enough of her at the moment. 
I think that commentary that was at the late side this needed to be followed up. The fact we haven't seen it at all is, yeah. and I'm totally on board. Um, I get the point of pundit or commentary. I would definitely be down down the roads of Tom's 100%. Yes, if there's a slot raise, double up, then yeah, I would add then the punditry to it. But 100% needs should be in the commentary box um, for the women's match play. 100% on board with that. Though. I don't well, see it. will be a Sky Pundit, Graham. Well, we presume so because she's working for the past. But they've genuinely got a chance here to put on close to an all female broadcast for some of it. I already know Corin's at Blackpool. Is she? Yeah. Doesn't mean you can add one more. Yeah. It won't be. They won't go all female. Webby. They'll. They'll want Webby Wayne or Party involved as well. But they could. They could go and make a real splash here for for the sport. Like, like I, I get. There's going to constantly be the argument of best people for the role, etc. But actually, to go and showcase right here for Sky, when women's sport is so high on their agenda. The, the people involved in women's sport right now, they could easily have a session where they go and call up Emma to host, Abby as comms, Lorraine as comms, Laura as comms, Corinne as comms, and if you're desperate at that point because those four are all on comms, go and get Polly as your reporter. And they could literally run an all-female broadcast session. You you could, but I don't. I think I it's already they will. No, no. You you will see one of the the lead but as men a chance, as a chance to showcase that. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. It's it just it it won't happen. Um, but so off of this, that we we spoke about it on the the, the stream, and everyone was talking about it. So we 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 have addressed it. Um, will Nolan be the first trans player to play on telly? I believe so. I'm not aware of any others. I, I'm I'm not aware of any others. So I, I believe the World Championships, the WF World Championships, have been yeah. pushed back. Victoria Monaghan should have been. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I believe she will be. But he plays bow. Tough one. We'll talk about the draw in a minute. Well, especially but, as the last time they played each other was literally the final of the event and she averaged 104 against her. She, yeah. did, average, she did average 104, but the flip of that as well is Noelin already knows that she's through. And let's be honest, going into that last event, it was just, let's qualify yeah. for Blackpool. It was nothing to do with winning the event. So, however, if she did have to win, bow was pretty good. Saving <laughs> the best till last sort of for the weekend. No, it's more that they meet again. So you yeah. do all that work to meet again, and then you've got to go up against person. And the memory when you step up on a stage is the last time we played, you slapped the shit out of yeah. me. The, the, the one thing they did show as well is how the PDC have made a mistake this year because we've just had a women's series, a full women's series, where we've had a race for the match play, and we're not going to have the same for the match play in Blackpool no. because it stops at the Euro Tour. And for me, that is a massive loss that you're not having your... Pro Tours pre-match play that don't go towards the match play towns. Yes, it's very close to the event, but still you should have that running there. I, I, I agree. I think there should have been a block of Pro Tours as, as the cut-off. Um, this time last week when we were previewing this, we said that I forgot her name. Kirsty Hutchinson had a 
fantastic block last time around. And this time, the luck wasn't there. She played well. People she lost to, Bo, 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 Fallon. That hurts. That's when you need a little bit of luck with a draw. And some of them were in like the last 16s and, and things like that, and board finals. Um, Kirsty played some very good stuff again. And when you need a little bit of luck, you don't want to run into one of the big guns and, until quarterfinals or, or semis. Just, just wasn't there for her. But again, encouraging signs that we saw some good stuff from Kirsty Hutchinson again. Moving on to the women's world match play. Look, we have a blockbuster tie in the quarterfinals. Fallon will play Lisa because of the way it's gone. And interestingly, everyone used to talk about Lisa having the mental edge over Fallon. Fallon beat Lisa twice on Sunday. Going into the match play, that a good or a bad thing? Fallon, it's 100% a good thing. Uh, at the moment in games, there's one though in one way and one though in the other. Yes, not a huge trajectory, but for both players, one is is slightly dipping and one is slightly increasing as the year's progressing. And that is only edging in favour of Fallon. Um, to think, last year when we looked at the eight players who were in the match play, this year we've got five debutants. We all thought that Bo, Lisa and Fallon would sort of run away be the top three. Our top four has got three of the five debutants in it. It is great for the women's game that we're not looking at a very similar rate. And we've only got three players who have returned again for the following year. It's just, it's it's fantastic for the women's game that we've got so many players who are now competing for them top eight places for this match play. Um, but to the Fallon and Lisa point, Yes, we'll predict it a bit close to it, but Fallon's definitely looking in the better position right now, especially with a TV form. Yeah, so it will be Bo Greaves against Noelin Van Leuden, Makuru Suzuki against Aileen de Graaf, Fallon against Lisa, and then Robin Byrne against Rianne O'Sullivan is the quarter-final lineup for the Women's World Match Play, boys, and it's just exciting, isn't it? It's just a great lineup, but there's four... Really enticing matches. Different storylines have in there. Mikura Aileen is is not dead set. You think Aileen sprang the surprise last year to reach the final? Um, Rianne versus Robin is is incredibly intriguing. Robin's had a fantastic season, backed it up, uh, re- winning that tournament superbly. Rianne O'Sullivan just continues to be incredibly solid and difficult to to beat. Even after she has the odd dip of a weekend, but. She's there steady enough to put it right again and her B game level is just creeping up and that's the right thing. Her A game level is, is still around similar, but her B game level is creeping up and up and up. The interesting thing is, if Fallon is to defend her title, she could have to... This this could be the run. Lisa, Makuru, Bo. With with form, it's probably hard to say in regards to that being a difficult run. But due to TV experience and the amount them three have won, that would be the toughest run to go on and lift the title. There will be, I, I think there will be a surprise or a shot sort of result. We saw that last year. And some of the dames, you know, as Jack just alluded to, are quite tight. But 
if that was the way that the Fallon was to lift it, that would be an even bigger achievement than winning it last year if it has been the first event, I think. Yeah, it could be unreal. Look, Bowie's seeding one. I'm just seeing if they've posted up yet. I think that's the only get that the Bow versus Nowhere is the only game where there is a clear favourite for me. Yeah. Not necessarily on the floor, given their form at the moment, but up on a TV stage, that's the only one where there is a clear favourite. There's an argument for both. Makuru slightly stronger than Aileen, but you could definitely say after Aileen made the final last year, that experience, Makuru not played there yet. The probably the only way I would look to it is yes, no, Lynn hasn't got that experience that Bo has on TV, but Bo's last TV experience being the, the world championships didn't perform how she would like. It yeah. depends how she's reflected on that since, and if she's actually seen it as a positive, being at the uh, the worlds for the first time, obviously reflecting back on how well she played at Lightside. There, there is that unknown to Noeline in regards to the TV aspect of it. So, as you said, there's a story in all of them, but it is set up perfectly for that Sunday afternoon. Right, so they have priced it up. Bo is favourite. 8 to 11. Don't think you can argue. Fallon, 9 to 2. Makuru, 6 to 1. Lisa, 10s. Rianne, 16s. Aileen, 25. Uh, Robin, 33s. And Noeling, 50. The prices. So, interesting to see. But look, can't wait for that Sunday at the Women's World Match Play. From... There, gents. We'll go to the seniors. And it was a good event. I watched a lot of it on the Saturday. Obviously, wasn't there. Was there on the Sunday. But overall, boys, another successful seniors tournament. Great event. I think it was the standard just continued to get better. I think we had our first real shock result an upset given what we've seen on the senior stage so far from all the players. I think we've had our first real for the past couple of events has been a case of first round. You have a strong favorite and a, and a perhaps not so strong player in some of the draws. And then we end up with two quite evenly matched players. You can make a case for either way as it goes on. I don't think there are many that were giving John part a shot against Kevin Painter. No, I thought I was I was impressed with John. I didn't wasn't expecting that from him. Yeah, I think it was just we we know what we're gonna get from John Part in the sense of his finishing's always been a, a huge part of his game. What we probably didn't expect is for him to have the chances that he had. Um because Kevin's performance wasn't to the standard of what we've seen on the TV events at the seniors. You could probably say the floor event then to the final in the last one at Newbury. But the yeah, four back to back 90 plus averages in that. Yeah. But the fact then that Painter was allowing him to have them chances just allowed we knew then what part part would step in. Painter fighting back to then make it the store for a piece. You just tend to always think when anyone's behind and then they've leveled it back up, there's only going to be one winner. It's just 
I think it's just human instinct. You always know, well, if that team's done that, momentum is definitely the winner here. But then, Park was just cleaning up his chances when he got those. And there was think... a lot of frustration from Painter that, weirdly, didn't disappear when he levelled it up, which normally, and then you see that joy from someone getting it back to level terms that they then push on. But with Painter, it just seemed to, it never seemed to be in the right mindset that he was still going to go on and win that game. It looked visibly like that on stage anyway. And I think that's the format. If this was at the World Championships and it's best of five in each set, first of three, I think the comeback that Kev started to produce, he goes on to win this match. But even then, the benefit of having the throw in the final set and just picking off a leg immediately puts your opponent under so much pressure. At one, like You cannot make another mistake if you lose the opening leg. Yeah, I, th- I think it was the first, I want to say five, it may have been four, leads of the sets. Kevin Painter won the first lead of all those. He definitely won them of the first three, and Painter was freeing up, and Park was freeing up. Yeah. It was just showing that as much as Painter was down and starting the, the set, it was just dropping off, and as soon as Park had a chance, some of his clutch finishing from John Park was very, very good. And look, like you touched on it there, the format is what makes it, and this is where the WDF fucked up by changing the Masters format. This is what creates drama and sporting moments. And it was just so good. Look, even the opening game, Mace against Trina. Trina, for the first two sets, was unbelievable. He's averaging 91 through two and a half sets. Yeah, and look, it took a couple of unbelievable finishes from Mace. The 1-3-3 three, three, to, to get him back into it was, was superb. And look, he found a way. You're, where was the comment in there? I can't remember where it was. Uh, Josh, yeah, naughty little shirt from Mace. I like that. Very <laughs> nice. In, Sorry, in, in, I didn't take a photo. I was like, no, we'll keep that one under wraps. But he, um, it was just so good to see Mace back up there and winning, but good to see Trina as well. Not sure about the boards beating him up, though. Murder <laughs> on the dartboard. <laughs> Twice! Twice! Was it uh, Dennis, Dennis Harbour, the other one? Uh, Thornton as well, I think. No, it was Park. Was he Park? Yeah, he grabbed all three darts out at once and wrapped his knuckle on it. Yeah. Um, look, Martin Adams, you could see he was lacking a bit of match practice, um, but Dennis Harwood did play very well in that 4-2 win for him. We'll talk about him more in a minute. Um, the a final... Martin isn't the quickest player in the world, but we'll talk about Dennis a lot more, but it's so difficult to get into a rhythm when you're playing against Dennis Harwood. Yeah, um, and and on the hottest stage, players were saying the hottest stage some of them have ever played on. Yeah, as well, add that to it. Um, Bob Anderson bowed out of competitive darts. Um, you could see what it meant to him as well. Look, Richie Halston, I love Richie's a bit, but he was in a no-win situation here. He 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 was playing the pantomime, playing the pantomime villain up there. Look, the fairy tale. Everyone wanted Bob to win, but realistically, Bob didn't have the game to beat Richie. And I think everyone knew that deep down, even Bob. But the way the great Bob Anderson bowed out and the way he's gone about his business is an absolute legend and credit to the sport. He's been so dignified of it and he's held it with such class as well. There's been funny little moments in there of comedy, of brilliance, and he is absolutely... 
wrenching inside the fact that he has to walk away and give this up again. Because if this had come five years earlier or, or just giving him that little bit more of a chance to, to have a go, he knows that in his pomp he's competing. And I think that's the biggest thing to to, to have to walk away from. Oh, yeah, he, he knew first, let's first on Richie, Richie coming to the venue on Friday just to have a look around and he was like, his first words he muttered was, I can't win this weekend. He was like, he knew straight away that he was the pantomime villain coming Saturday. But for Bob, it was, for me personally, it was just, it's been a pleasure to see him return to the World Seniors. The fact I had the pleasure to speak to him on Saturday and off time with the first words after he shot my hand was, um, thank you very much for your time. And I'm thinking, <laughs> that should definitely be the other way around. Just yeah, such no, a nice no, place. Right, thank you. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, no, thank you. But yeah. it was just, it was the, my only sort of downside to it. It was so downhearted that he, he wasn't able to produce something on Saturday. We've be a 180. We've be just a lead and getting all the crowd sort of. It was that he didn't produce the moment. There was a moment as his walk on was fantastic. Um, and fair play to everyone at the seniors for have, allowing that moment for him. But. I think he was just that little bit disappointed in himself that he didn't produce a moment that he could that, that stick with him. But the yeah, as Josh just said, the table hats were a great touch. I think he's still got it in him to produce those moments as well. But in the emotion and the build-up, and in the very first leg, he's set on tops, and Richie absolutely sucker punches him with a one-three-four, and it just took it out of him. I think he's like, I've just given it absolutely everything. I'm sat there in prime position to win the first leg. It, it cannot be written any better. Then I've got a chance if the nerves start playing. And he is nerveless and just taken out quite a complex finish by going trouble 14, double 16. Like, and when they're slap bag in the middle every single time, you're like, this guy's been to the last two finals and he's taking out some pluses in the opener while I'm sat at a finish. Like, he's, he's hitting double 30, double 16 down the local for a packet of scampi fries. Yeah, um, yeah, just a, just a, a legend of the sport. Moving into the evening session, the defending champion was dethroned by Neil Duff, and again, a great game, super. Just just back and forth constantly, played in the right manner. I, I think that's the thing you can say about all the games and all the weekend is the players play the game in the right way. There's no antics there's, there's never anything else like that they just get on with it and they just enjoy giving it the best that they've got up on that stage i will say there was a few moments of distraction from the crowd this weekend it's the first time we've really had that at a seniors event and it was a little bit disappointing occasionally to see but i think the players all responded to it and reacted to it really really well didn't let it affect him and, and carried on putting on a decent show. But yeah, that was just a ridiculously let, ridiculous good, good, ridiculously good game. Arguably, probably Neil Duff was involved in two of the best games of the weekend, and this one was the one where obviously he came out on the, the positive side of it. But as much as you lost in the first round, it was still a very good defence by David Cameron. Yes, he didn't win, but he put up a, a huge fight against Neil Duff, who was very good. Yeah. Um, then Robert Thornton beats Colin McGarry for two boys. Um, Robert Thornton doing Robert Thornton things. Yeah. 
just he just responded every time McGarry hit him with something. I mean, there's two players that we lose. We're going to talk about the second one in a minute as well. Who walk away losing four two in the opening round, despite having two of the top four averages in that opening round, and they are Colin McGarry and Mark Dobridge, who against pretty much anybody else that those two draw in the first round. We're seeing them go potentially quite deep in this tournament and they just walked into just two ridiculously good players. The only two players that managed to stop Richie Housen all year and they've done it three times between them in finals. That's how good these two have been. And yeah, yeah I thought that was much more like the McGarry that those that attend the, the floor events know and know what he's capable of. We saw a few more reactions. We saw him get fired up that little bit more for that final set. What turned into the final set it just got away from him far too quickly. Yeah. Then Phil beat Mark McGinney. Couple of points on this. One, I thought Phil looked better in this game. Still inconsistent, but there were moments, the 11 data to win it. But I was disappointed with Mark McGinney as well. I thought the, Mark let Phil play and yeah, let him settle. There's the two ton plus Tretto's in. I want to say set three, set four from Tyler yeah, as well. One three and one four four, the highest yeah. combined checkouts to win a Masters set in seniors history. There we go. Cheers for the stats. Um, but I guess the the flip of it from Tyler's performance, as I think Phil was was very good in this in comparison to what we've seen for the rest. Sometimes when you sat look at someone and you say just play the board, Mark Medini definitely did not just play that dartboard on Saturday. No, he as soon as the game finished, there was so much respect for Mark Medini, but too much. You could see at the end when he sort of just wanted that moment on the sort of might. I was a bit worried it was going to fall into a bit of an AJ moment. It didn't, but I was a bit worried it could have gone that way. And it was a, a re respectful comment towards sort of Taylor, but there was just too much. And there's one player probably in the world of darts still who you don't want to give too much respect to. Yes, there's the respect, but not too much. And it's Phil Taylor because he will just see that as an opportunity and he did. And he punished Mark Medini with some, at times, not very good stuff, but then other times, some fantastic stuff from the power. And then the final game of the session was just incredible. Leonard Gates beat Mark Dubridge 4-2. Dubridge losing with a nearly 93 average. It was excellent. Absolutely excellent. And he is a player that started to attend the floor events as well. So the chances are, one way or another, we're going to see him back on the TV. That That is certainly being looked at. Yeah. Um, moving in, quarterfinals. So, Neil Duff, Richie Housen. Goes to a final set, a final leg. Neil sat on tops. And Richie produces an absolute moment that will be remembered for a long time, boys. The one for one from Richie yeah. was just outstanding. And look, that, that moment while Duff's starting to finish, that moment while Duff's starting to finish is absolutely outstanding. But Duff missed a big number to buy himself a match start. Sets himself up. Richie takes out 101, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. From that moment, Richie Halson was seven from seven on the outer ring, including two one four ones, one to save the match, one to win the match with his opponent sat on a finish. A one three nine, which is not easy. The one oh one to save it. Seven from seven on the outer ring. 
Yeah. He was having a real issue in that game with the first dart being sitting above the treble wire. And he started to score that little bit more and just find that one or two time treble visit. But the finishing from that moment onwards was exceptional. And big, big um, fan of, of both. They're both great people, great players. Get on really well with them both. But I'm so glad that Richie's had that moment up on stage now because the amount of abuse I get from him for sharing the Martin Adams compilation from the first World Championship against him <laughs> when he takes out five 150-pluses against him on the day. Richie's had his own moment like that. He goes, I know exactly how Neil feels right now because it's happened to me already in this in this tour. Yeah. Um, then Dennis Harbour beats Phil Taylor. This was the, we said about Saturday that Taylor had, he had moments where he dipped, but he had moments of utter brilliance. He just didn't find them moments against Dennis Harbour on Sunday. And again, because the pace is dictated by Dennis Harbour and there's nothing that the other players can do about it, Phil just wasn't able to find his name. And, you know, Dennis is a qualifier. Very, very good, good weekend. And to get the win over his hero um, was a great win for Dennis Harbour. Yeah, oh, completely. The, the thing that I guess in all the predictions and everyone sort of that we spoke to there, everyone in Tom's, it was all around that game. You knew that what Dennis Harbour was going to produce. You just didn't know what Phil Taylor was going to turn up. And it was just all on Phil Taylor to go and win that game. And it was finding a certain level. And because he didn't find that level, Dennis Harbour took his chances and played as expected. There is, we say we know whatever. That was the best performance we've seen from Dennis on TV as well, by the way. His other two matches that weekend, he averaged 85 against Phil, 91.4. If he chucks in the 85 against him, Phil's averaging 86. Like, there is that outside chance. He just picked off a couple more opportunities. The difference between the 85, 86 and 91 isn't, that big, it's still pretty much a six-visit leg, but if you're just nailing them and, and giving the more three-dart combinations you're missing, the more you're letting your opponent back in, obviously. Yeah. And he was just uh, superb. Uh, John Park pushed Robert Thornton the whole way in this game. Again, John Park surprised us. Many thought this would be fairly comfortable for Robert, but far from it. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. I think um, parts. There's probably a high expectation of part previously, and because of his performance at the world at the tavern, because he didn't perform to the levels, then that dropped significantly. So coming into this weekend, you can tell that John Part now has put some time in. We obviously know we played a bit of um, CDC, but you you can just tell that there is now been time put in. And probably going back to Bob Anderson, he alluded to, I can't play with these because of the standard that it's at. John Park is not going to want to turn up to these events and then flat it every week, every time there's these. So the players are now understanding, and Phil's mentioned it a few times as well, that you've got to put the hours in. And for John Park, for me, it's the matches. It's down away and putting in matches elsewhere. Um, but yeah, a very good weekend for Park, even just to push for now. 
Yeah, completely. And then, what a game between Leonard and Mace. And I know Mace plays the commentator card well. I know he's listening. But you can also see what a being what this has done for him as well. Being a player still means something to him. This one hurt because he knows there was a chance there for him. More Tom than a chance. Tom and Tater turned out to play. He's what he is now. That's what yeah. I said to him the weekend, which he didn't like. But it's so true this weekend because he played so well. To, to push Leonard that far was was just superb from Mace. I was a little bit for the world. I was like, no, nah, Mace has got a real chance at this, and he thought he played pretty solid. Since then, obviously, he's not been able to practice as much as he's put a little in, but not as much as he was doing in the build up to the world, I believe. And after that edgy Trina game, and knowing that actually Newbury perhaps didn't quite go the right way for him a couple of weekends ago, losing first round on the Saturday, doubles just deserted him. Good run on the Sunday, beaten by a good friend of his, uh, Richard Rowland. But again, missed doubles to win that one. I just thought this might get a little bit edgy, especially against someone like Leonard. And there's a chance he gets away from Chris. But the resolve, the fight, the just head on straight down there. Superb, brilliant, and um, we'll see more of Mace because that was mustard. Completely. Semi-finals. Uh, Richie Halson, too strong for Dennis Harbour in the end. We won't gloss over that one too much. But then Leonard Gates beats Robert Thornton despite nearly 10 points difference in the averages. I, I guess I always sort of allude to Robert Thornton still being one of the best top sitters in the world across, that's including your, your Michael Smith sort of at the world, Derwin Price of the world, who was so clinical on it. Robert Thornton is in that mix of hitting tops. Apart from this game, the whole of the world seniors is just, uh, and we, I haven't seen the stats of how many times he's hit tops, but it must be ridiculous. And it just eluded him here because it is such a key part of Robert Thornton's game and Leonard Dates just doesn't doesn't um, not take up the opportunities that were given to him the 10 points is just all down to Robert Thornton and storing him and not being able to clean up and Leonard Dates being probably the best on the seniors right now at cleaning up any chances that are given yeah just a great game and then when he works him out right when he works him out yeah when he knows what he's done with he's fine (laughs) <laughs> um, then moving into the final Richie Howson into his third final of the year against Leonard Gates a repeat of champions of champions and again it was heartbreak for Howson just got out of the gate too slow and Leonard got in front at the breaks and just held him off given the way that Blackpool the champion of champions final went a lot of people were saying that a fast start was essential for Richie because Leonard is such a strong front runner when he gets going, especially at seniors level. And whilst you definitely have a better platform to get into this game, I don't think it was as essential after seeing the way the game played out. What was essential? I think it was set seven and eight. Yeah. Richie missed 11 darts to win, to go at 4-2, 4-3 behind instead of 5-2. And yeah. then he missed darts to win the yeah. next set as well. Well, you see the way that the, the final ended. It was 
six match starts and six missed starts at double each. It's all if buts and maybes, but if he takes out both of those legs, it's 4-4 four, four instead of 6-2. That's how quickly this format can change and, and mess you up. I still yeah. think there's a part to it that that fast start was still... not. I don't want to say a fast start where we talk to some players having to get the lead. It was just staying with him because then it's just making sure at break four, at break six, it's 2-2 two, two and 3-3 three, three instead of 3-1, 4-2, sort of still on. He couldn't afford to be chasing all day. If he was staying with him, I think it would have been different. That was probably more of the aspect of that quicker start that meant the pressure then on the doubles in set seven and eight was just was just so much because it was having to stay in it and I think by then it, his race had been run after a lot to be said about his semi-final win yes it, he's going to be known across the weekend for his winner than Sneil Duff because of the manner of the win but actually beating Dennis Harbour who beat Martin Adams and Phil Taylor before then and had a the race to run in the semi-final and it was two apiece, and then Richie then won the Nets three and played very, very well. Arno won that stages, but then it's it's unlucky loser in Richie but it's another fantastic weekend, three finals. The fact from, a, from sort of, if you don't follow Dart religiously, you may not have known Richie before the seniors. Now he's just stepped into the latter stages of everything. Look, he's he's the blueprint for everyone to look at. If, as in, not if you're one of the big big guns, then fair enough. But anyone outside that bracket, Richie is the blueprint of what the seniors can do to extend your career. I'll give you one. Well, Neil mentioned it in his interview before playing Richie, saying, "I want to be the next Richie Houston." And this is someone who's won a, a world champion. He's, he's, a reigning, he's a reigning world champion. He's like, I want to be this guy. Yeah, which if I don't think he's going to let any be the praise this weekend from what anyone else says to him because of what Richie's done on the seniors. He's as good as booked his place in most events for the probably the next year just because of how he's done. It's, it's just hard luck that he just can't find that way in the final. Oh, that's all the flip of it. He just keeps running into either Leonard Dates or Robert Thornton, who are two top-class players. Yeah, we've got a couple of clips. We'll play the clip from Richie first of all. Massively. Um, you just keep thinking you, you can't keep getting to finals. There's so many good players there, but you've just got to take it each tournament at a time, each game at a time, try and do your best, and, and hopefully one day it comes yours. Going into the final, obviously it's a, a clean slate, but when you go in at those breaks behind, do you think, here we go again? Uh, not really, because uh, as much as sometimes on stage I might look like I'm a bit dishevelled and my shoulders go down, I, I never, ever give up. And I think I proved that against Neil Neil in the um, quarterfinals, uh, you've got to keep plugging away right to the end there. And uh, but no, I, I never, I never think it's really done. Not until it's almost over. <laughs> Up on that stage, Helen with some unbelievable words, Leonard with some unbelievable yeah. words. What does that mean to you when you hear your peers saying that? About yeah, no, that's great. It's, it's it's very humbling to have people say things like to you. It's hard to take when you've just lost a final, and it's hard to to look happy in that. But but yeah, I'll be really happy tomorrow. He's an incredible man, isn't he? I love it. I got so much time, but for all the houses, 
Yeah, that was Richie. And this is this is Leonard, and he's firing a few shots. Yes, definitely. I love hat tricks. Like, like you know, I still tip people don't normally use bulls or the hat trick, but I'm going for the hat trick. I'm, I'm going to try to go for it, you know. I know the guys are going to be, they're going to get up, they're going to step up their game, they're going to play their uh, great darts that they play, and uh, I just got to stay on mine, you know. One beyond that, the Seniors World Championship. You came close yeah. this year. Tickets are on sale <laughs> next year already. The form you're in, collecting trophies, uh -huh. Are you one of the favorites now to be a senior world champion, do you feel? I think so. I think so. If, if, if not one of the favorites, they, they know when I go to play that, that he's going to bring a game. So whoever plays against me, they're going to have to bring something to the, to the table and uh, compete. You know, that's what I'm, I'm going to show up and I'm not going to compete. I'm going to give him my all each and every tournament I play in and just have fun doing it. Yeah. They're going to have to bring something to the table. I like it, Leonard. And he's not wrong. I'm just trying to have a look who else it was. He, to be honest, he's been a great addition to the seniors and um, fair play for Leonard to, for waiting as well this time on the trophy lift. And it wasn't, uh, it wasn't <laughs> a black <blackboard. laughs> one. have been praised for that. Helen, Helen Reddick, right act, do not touch the trophy. Yeah, Ellen was near enough on the stage before the final double went in just to make sure he didn't go straight for it. I think. Yeah. But yeah, he's been he's been he's been great for the seniors. He's only been beaten by three players in the seniors' history. Richie Housen is one of them. So he has done it. He's done it at the Circus Tavern. The other two, Mike Huntley, who we've seen on stage before, beat him in a floor event. Admittedly, that was after he'd already qualified for the golden ticket. And then decided to play that next event that night, which started quite late as it was, um, knowing that he'd have to play on TV the following morning. I thought that was pretty brave. And then day two, uh, no, on the Saturday, he won his first round game and then decided he was going to play in the floor event that evening as well, ahead of the semis and the final. And he lost to Neil Duff 4 2. So that's my answer before as well. He's just insane, isn't he? Just wants to play all the time. <laughs> He's about 10 hours before him lifting a trophy on stage and picking up 10k to then being back on a stage in Portsmouth playing in the Super Series. It's not very often you see someone don't lift a trophy and then be back in in a an event up until the weekend behind closed doors just putting in some some thud darts. And he's done that twice this year. He lifted yeah. the trophy in Blackpool. He was straight. He was asleep in Phil's car on the way down, and then he's done it again here. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the Super Series uh, in a minute. It was an unbelievable day, but all eyes turn to Blackpool again because this weekend is the conclusion to the men's race to the Winter Gardens. The Euro Tour in Trier is the cutoff, boys. So this time next week, we will know the thirty-two players that are heading to the Empress Ballroom. We will, and it's so much easier to look at on darts rankings. Now they've added the final event money in. Yep, that's what I've done. You can see how far everybody's got to get. Who's yeah. actually in this event? Superb. You right. Guys Before we look at who's in and who's out, where on that 16 is safe? Where are you calling it? I'm not moving from the other way. Steve beating his safe. 
I think he only added £500 from the last time, but I think Steve Beaton's fine. There's got to be four of the players outside. Three of the players, yeah. So, no. It'll be one from outside and high Brexton Dolan. I don't so, think Beaton's safe. To get two at a quarter final. But that's only if High Brexton Dolan then Dolan pick up money. I I think Beaton's safe. I think it's for 15 and 16. What are you saying, Gob? Jump is quite big, isn't it? I guess one part of it. Have we, do, are we aware of anyone dropping out this weekend? Not yet. Which then makes it even more difficult for the players who need to get to a quarterfinal or semi-final. We'll go to Decker is 100%. That's my line. I'm going cautious. Shock. <laughs> um, I think... I. I'm going one below. I think Barney's safe. I think Beaton will as well. I, I think Barney. I sorry. I think Beaton will get there, but I don't think he's safe yet. The fact he's not there, and he can't do anything, which is so wrong. Everyone should have a chance on the last day before qualification. Yeah. Yep. The other one. Is Ross Smith and James Wade? Because Ross Smith has the game to go and win one of these. Will James Wade not be a seed at Blackpool? They need their own private little race. <laughs> Just extend this at the top. Just Wade versus Smith. But... I think Wade will be fine. But I am I am in the range that Ross Smith is a player who can go on one of these runs, especially if it's a Euro Tour event. But I do think that Wade will just secure his, uh, his 16th place. It's going to be interesting. Um, Josh, no, this won't be Ross Smith's debut at the match play. Played in 2021. I didn't didn't win a game there, but who did he lose to? Uh, Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lost 10-8 to Rob Cross. Um, but that, that's an interesting little dynamic to it as well. I'm just looking. If Wade were to drop out, where does he fall on the... He's about 12, I think. 11, 4, 12. Yeah, he's four twelve. 12. Yeah. Same. <laughs> just, um, just with inside Dobbs' uh, place of being safe with an next round. I think I've had a little look before with Davies' prediction. <laughs> just, uh, how are we doing, John? Hope you are good, buddy. Sneaking into the chat room there. Um, right. So, who do you think makes the match play? Is it the 16 that are there? Does one of the others jump in? What do you think? And chat room, get involved with this as well. <clears throat> How are we doing, Rob? I hope you're good. I... It's difficult because he's very much draw dependent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. But I could see William Altana sneaking in. And for me, that would be over over Dolan more than Hybrids. I think um, I'd be more confident that Hybrids is going to get a win than Brendan Dolan on Torrent form. And what happened at the World Cup, Timpton probably now sees a positive, where at the start of that weekend maybe it had been different. Um, I'm with you on that, Brian. Hybrids and Dimmy. Let's see how it's, let's see if they've made up. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's working again. <laughs> that'd be the one for me. Um, probably then outside shot if someone's going to have a, a deep run. Just like the look of Matt Campbell. I just think if someone's going to do a bit of a Jamie Hughes and Darwin, maybe not lift the title, but that's that to a final, why not Matt Campbell? Needs a final. Needs a final. Look, I'm, I'm intrigued to see the draw because these could all draw each other in round one. Any version of Hybrex, Dolan, O'Connor, Whitlock, Petrescu, Woodhouse would be hilarious for us. Not for them. I think Hybrex and Dolan would like to see a old kind of Whitlock sort of first round because them players, yes, it would mean that one's definitely in the second round, but it would mean that they're definitely gone. Um, so I would more more intriguing for that. I'd like to see Tim or Brendan let one of them. Who's making it and who's not? The bottom two both drop out for Whitlock and Woodhouse. 
just 16 and 17 flip Dolan drops out Whitlock finds a way however I agree with you Boise that Matt Campbell has it in the locker to make a final and if someone's going to do that then um, it's going to be interesting but the match play field will be set by the end of the weekend apart from Wade and Smith I don't think there can be any other changes in that 16 can there like that's in the seeds well, they've got to be within 25 grand of each other. 30. Well, the Souser could get they to can swap around, but. Yeah, but as in. Jose could jump in. Is Jose there? Yeah. Yes, he is. I'm still not convinced Jim Williams goes. Uh, Josh, I don't know where the reserve list is, mate. Um, what ET is this? Ten. Ten. Let's go. Was Van Veen semi-finalist last time, Euro Tour, or one before? He had a good run. I can't remember if he was semi-finalist, but he had... He would need to win it, but... Associate member... Host Nation... Challenge Tour... Was this one of the ones that was done ages ago by any chance? Um, one day we will prep, I promise. What's that? One day we will prep. Not after that weekend. Uh, 17th of April was the tour card holder qualifier. The host nation and the associate <coughs> and the Eastern Europe was on the 3rd of June. Yeah. So. How's the reserve list done now? Because I lose track. Is it average of player who loses in the last 48? So if that case... Kevin Vanessa. Ian White. Rusty Jake. Ian Vanessa. Kevin Vanessa. Kevin Vanessa. Foxy Ian Vanessa. <laughs> that, 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 that'll, that'll be the three. Ian White, Rusty, and Kevin Vanessa. On the averages. So, no, not really. No one's in match play contention that is on that. Reserve list. 
but I can't wait for Blackpool. It's now Dang. on the horizon. It's now on the horizon. Because you two going to Blackpool means I'm off to the cricket on the Saturday. Cricket, darts, I know which one I'd rather have. 100%. An all-day piss-up, please. I've had a drink for over a year, so it doesn't affect me. You're old. And, it, and equally, you can't really have an argument to then start and then say all day piss up. Yes, I know we don't drink in the media, but normally the people at the darts are the ones who are on the all day piss up. Okay, all day piss up outside. <laughs> um, Harry, we've starred your question, mate. We'll come on to that a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, so that that's that one. That's the last 48 losers. I don't know. Um, yeah, Barney be at the match play. Barney's there. <laughs> Barney's there. Derry Anderson's there. It's going to be great. I tell you what, though, when that draw happens, all those seeds are just wanting to avoid one name. Two. In brackets, but one in particular. Look, Josh is a fabulous player. But he hasn't done it consistently on a stage yet. Gary's the one that you want to avoid at all costs. You just know there's going to be an absolutely evil portal that's going to have both Josh and Gary in and then whatever seeds fall into that bracket. You just know it's coming. Yeah. Um... Morgan will star that as well. Um, so that is Blackpool. Um, Super Series today. Oh, my God. What a start to Group A. Unbelievable today. Uh, Andy Barton's debut going five from five. Uh, Luke Littler doing Luke Littler things. 19 ball ball to set up a shot. The kid's just mental. I guess. You say it's been an incredible day, but are we surprised when uh, Dob read the names out to me on, I think it was Saturday or Sunday, the day merged into one, and sort of went, this is the week. Not just not just group A, but B and C as well. I don't think it's possible that there's a bad section in coming this week. Because no, when, when we looked at group A... B and C still very stunned, but it's hard not to predict about five of Group A being in finals night because it's so strong. It's yeah. like whoever falls into pots B and C is in a position where they've played three days and they are at an incredible standard already. Um, so I just I just think every session's going to have moments of utter brilliance. Yeah, oh, it's just, just incredible. Um, it's going to be superb. I think he's a knobhead. So that's that. That's the race for the match play. Um, there was some WDF stuff this weekend, but didn't see any of it. Was it Hungary or was someone? It? I'm sure I saw on Twitter someone won some events. Oh, the Europe Cup youth pairs. What? Um, however, there was a WDF statement six, seven weeks ago now 
four days. Saying there will be an announcement by the end of June. Boys, you're the one that likes to predict announcements. Have, have, have we got a... I am um, obviously working at the seniors, but listening in on Saturday and Sunday, I don't think I need to say anything because I know Neil had a few words to say about it on stream. Um, I don't see one incoming in the next four days, unless it's another announcement of a non-announcement that there's another <laughs> deadline. Because <laughs> I don't want to say, no, there won't be one. Then there's one coming out saying we've moved that date to the end of July. Um, but they tend to go with the approach that silence is bliss. So I wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear nothing by, is it Friday? But then the June, the deadline that was yeah, set in that statement. So I would be surprised if it's not by then. But on a, on a slightly separate note, I've just mentioned Neil on the, um, on the stream on Sunday. How many people in total? And is that the highest number of deaths that you've had on one stream? <laughs> Literally, it was a conveyor belt. As soon as one of them walked in, I'm like, sit there for five. I had I had two earpieces in, one that's running the Toms of the World Seniors, one that's running um, you on the Women's Series. I heard Chris Murphy coming through both because he'd come off the Toms to go on the stream. <laughs> And because my stream, I was watching it, was a little bit delayed. I'm hearing him on both. Uh, yeah, we had... double up of Murph. Yeah, we had... Um, I, got, I got some good ones in as well. We had Matt and Smithy from Security. They made their stream debuts. Did they? Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that. Um, love that pair, but they don't know a lot about us. <laughs> Smithy sat there and was like, we live, mate, we're watching. I was like, yeah, Smithy. He's like... Oh, hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we had a little bit of Dazza, a little bit of Murph, a um, bit of Neil. <laughs> it was like literally conveyor that I was like, sit down. I tried to get Jules on, but she wasn't having it. No. And that is the seniors team. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally get, get to know the team. I tried to get Tungsten time on, but he was nowhere to be seen. Walking up and down his little corridor. <laughs> he's, he's too busy, too busy getting his bow tie ready for the final. As all <laughs> the finals, um, but yeah, that was that. Um, there will be some big news towards the end of the week in darts. Spoiler alert. You'll all find out. You boys know. I think I know what you were alluding to, but I didn't know it was this way. Wait a minute. I'll put it in the chat on here. On here? Private one. I've got it up in front of me. Oh, is that this week? Yeah. It, it was teased on social media recently. Uh, ridiculous. Like, you could tell from yeah. that. It didn't take a rocket science to work it out. Um, Although, it, it, well, I can't say too much. It was it was a strong rumour a long, long time ago as well. And then it went so quiet that the teaser threw people off. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's dropping later in the week. Just going back before we go to the WDF thing. 
is there time to fit a Masters and a World Championship into five months? Realistically. <coughs> on booking a TV production venue ticket sales, no. Running a tournament, yes. If it's somewhere like it is in the Netherlands again, that venue's available. I know that someone that works within the WF or within the Dutch Darts Federation has links to that hotel, don't they? In Assen? Is it Assen? Someone help me out there. I don't even know what day it is. Well, I guess from a from a ticket sales perspective, if what they're putting out on social media, ticket sales are doing very well for the World Championships, other than focus their attention on ticket sales for the Masters if they've got an event up and running. It's just where and when that takes place. Yeah. Um, the ADC Vault Finals this week. Is it coming up? I saw on social that the this round of vaults are coming towards an end, so we'll... But they were releasing new ones last week, weren't they? So it can't be far away. Yeah, because we, we, we have one here in Andover now. I'm just, just going back to the, the statement on that. I'm just rereading the WDF one. And it's a part of the same paragraph of text where the side the deadline is the end of June. They start it off with, we also know that radio silence is not helpful. So you would like to think that starting <laughs> off with, we also know that radio silence is not helpful, ending it with setting a firm decision deadline at the end of June, that that would mean that there will be an announcement by the end of June that will tell us. Otherwise, there is a huge contradiction in their previous statements about radio silence. So, I'm still saying there's no announcement, but there should be. Looking back, <laughs> currently sat on their website. Yeah. <clears throat> um, that was that one. That's that. I just didn't make. I did make a few notes. I'm just seeing what I've if I've missed anything. Don't think so. Um, so. Was there anything else this week? No. Don't think so. If that's the case, then we can just do an extended question time and just waffle some shit and just go in. Yeah. Go on then. Open forum. Go, chat room. We've got a couple starred, so it's an, it's an interesting one. <coughs> For me, neither. For me, one of them is still that potential. Oh, the overall venue was, was absolutely superb, but I look at it from a, a geographical point of view and things like that that there's not a lot around the oval no there's not and i think 
There's a, there was a huge clash this weekend with that part that's, of the tunnel. That's exactly it. And and I'm it, not saying just on that. I'm not saying that that means that that room would have been full, but there would have been more. In terms of layout, shape, crowd capacity, tables mixed up with general admission at the back the layout for practice room for everything else that comes along with an event enough room for commentary booth for you know all the backstage stuff that is needed all the production stuff etc it was brilliant absolutely fantastic the one thing that with hindsight is you don't go up against glastonbury <laughs> it's just too big in that area somerset is a massive darting county in terms of leagues and county and, and, and at that level. And Lakes, I don't know. It just won't happen. I, I, and this isn't, a, this isn't a dig because the WDF use it or anything because we used it for the thing. It has just passed its best in terms of hosting a big event that is needed for everything for the event to run in terms of location, parking, on-site facilities, internet facilities, and everything like that. It is just past its date. It will always be one of the iconic venues for darts, but it belongs in the past. Yeah, it's got, to, it's got to move slightly. There's still, there's been iconic and still adapting small changes to a venue to be able to continue using that yeah. venue. And Lakeside just hasn't done that at all. Um, from a player perspective, it's, I understand why you want to double play at Lightside if you haven't, but generally just isn't a venue that I feel should be used for big TV events. Maybe exhibitions, maybe you could use it for them sort of nights because obviously players want to dole there and people will pay to see these top players, but for a big TV event, it should be a no for me. I think the other issue with it is it is tinged with the fact that it, it was... It, it still is the home of the WF and BDO. And for so many years, it was so prosperous. But it was also the home when the downfall happened, when they started losing crowd, when they started losing attendances, when they were putting on not-so-good shows. When the management yeah. of that organisation went into massive decline. Yeah, great. And it is tinged with that. The same way that the BDO name, whatever happened to it, when Des Jacklin took over, etc., that was a poison chalice. I'm not saying Des did all the right things. I'm not saying he did all the wrong things. There's, there's definitely a combination of both. You can argue what percentage split that is in our own time, but just <laughs> being associated with the name BDO at that point was a difficult enough task. It, it needed a complete rebrand that just didn't come, and the final nails were hammered into the coffin. Um, yeah, so I, I, I just don't think it works in terms of needing everything. Um, will I be going to Lakeside? Um, one of us, as an organisation, we will cover Lakeside, but it falls in a massively busy time for us as a as a team because it's straight after the Players' Championships. So you've got that. You've got the build-up to the PDC Worlds, a whole host of exhibitions going on where we go and get all of our pre-Worlds content for the PDC as well as well as that. So, look, the three of us, between us all, we'll, we will have it covered. I just don't know whether it will be me there all the time or a few of us swapping around, but we'll have it covered one way or another. 
as always. What was the other start question? Just going back to that now. Do you think there needs to be a major between July and October just because of the big gap between them? I don't know if there needs to be another major, but I've, I've said this for a while, that I think the calendar needs levelling out a little bit. <coughs> like which which I doubt. I guess but part of that is probably that orders tends to be the sort of six weeks holidays for the majority of the players, not your top ones who are doing the soup doing the World Series, but it tends to be your sort of stall on your time off. Um to then have one drop in in September when it's there sort of timed off in the calendar for the majority of the pros probably wouldn't fit right. But if there is to be a switch in how the calendar works and that break wasn't to fall there, then, then of course, yeah, why not? I'm more conscious of the start of the year than now the end of the year because you only have the Utah Open. Yeah. That's my worry more than the others. Pre-July is a bit of concern than post-July. Yeah, I just think they, they need to balance out the Pro Tours and Euro Tours more evenly for me. What was it, four or five Euro Tours on the bounce? And if you didn't qualify for them, I know John's in the chat room and he's spoken about this openly. He's not the only one. But that gap for players that didn't qualify for the Euro Tour was too big. There's issues with it all around. Because you had that big gap. Plus then you've got the fact that nine out of 13 Euro Tours have played during the Premier League. And whilst I know that the players in that Premier League were in a privileged, privileged position to be there, running themselves into the ground, Well, we saw some of them take Euro Tours off during the Premier League, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so that I just think there needs to be a, a more of a balance to the calendar. Um, but putting another one in, I'm not sure. Which sort of goes off Graham's question. He said, why did they get rid of the Champions League, the BBC event? Basically, the tournament was created to put darts on the BBC. And after the, was it three, four years, however it ran? that the BBC didn't renew the, the, the contract or PDC didn't renew with the BBC or, or whatever. So there was no need for it to continue. But off of that, we got asked a couple of weeks ago, what happened to the belt? I can confirm that the belt is still in Holland with the last winner. Michael still has the Champions League belt. Child. <laughs> Do you believe in fairies as well? <laughs> I like the Paddy Power Bell. It was good. Yeah. Um, good to see Chris play well. Absolutely. This is a good one from Liam. Favourite venue um, for working media-wise? We've probably all got different ones for this because, obviously, Gob, you've not been to many PDC events. Boyce, you've been split across a, a, a few and then the, the the WDF and the seniors as well. What's your favourite venue to work as as media then? As opposed to watching it, it's definitely not Blackpool. Why? Just tiny. No, no, the the media room's different from when you were last there. We've now got the Ice Lounge. Oh, cool. Ooh. No, it's not. Yeah. It's funny. So, you know where the media room was before that little room? 
yeah. Walk out the back into the big corridor. Yeah. And they put some black sheets up and we're now in there with desks and TVs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. You're gonna you're gonna say orders, aren't you, because of the boardroom and the comfy chairs? No, no that, that that's just a, a gimmick. Don't get me wrong. The boardroom and the comfy chairs are nice, but it's not practical. I only did one day. I just stepped, I was lighted a little tid just spinning around in my chair. <laughs> right, honestly, that, it is, it is, the, the boardroom is good, but it's not great because the media's at the end and everyone's still talking, so there's a lot of background noise and and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think what really works. What what one hundred percent worked this year, and did this year it. compared to last year? This year, you know where I'm done with this was the tavern. The tavern, the tavern. We were in the arena on the yeah. top tier, set right to the side. We could see everything. We were the first, everyone. the first year being at the tavern. We were positioned slightly differently, obviously due to the seniors getting used to it. We end up being on the stage, but <laughs> behind the cardboard. So we was literally where you see the paper disappear from the markers. That was landing by us. That was our sort of... Landing at Lee's feet. <laughs> that has now... That moved to around the side. And from a media perspective, that was great because sometimes you're in a media room and just watching it on TV. Obviously, and you're not out in the venue as much. Um, which one? Oh, I love... One for me. Quite easy, I think. Milton Keynes over the balcony. Nah. Too loud for interviews, I think. Too loud. I've got too much editing to do. Yeah, but I, I won on an interview duty that weekend. So yeah. <laughs> if I was, then maybe not. Um, <laughs> yeah, Tavern's are right. Tavern, this year, the configuration for Tavern, right up there for me. Last, the, the, the first year, it's a good job we weren't epileptic as well. Yeah. Sat behind there with that strobe light going off every five minutes. What, in terms um, of internet speed, Hull was fantastic. Hull was good. Um, they got their own Wi-Fi up there, haven't they? So it was just, yeah, this is rapid. And we're looking too far back as well, because what a spot we had this weekend. Yeah. That's a great spot. There's only room for two, but that was a great so, spot. So, yeah, we, we left Phil in a room backstage somewhere. Um, for me, the, the we two... We didn't have the aircon, but we had the better view. The, the, the two that work in terms for media, but these venues are built for these kind of events, is the O2 and the Mercedes-Benz Arena. Yeah. In, in, in terms of just media, because these arenas are purpose-built for big events like that. So they're, they're perfect, but lose a bit of character. What do you think of Ali Pali? Um, it's so okay. If you were okay. only there for three or four days, would it be better than because of the fact you spent sixteen days looking yeah. at the same walls? Yeah, it's it, if it, if you were just there for a weekend, it would be perfectly fine. But like you say, because you're there for three weeks, by the end of it, you are going around a twist. Yeah, it's not Nottingham, Matthew, because you are effectively just in one of the dressing rooms backstage. Well, the same. Man. We'll, we'll we'll come down to them at one in a minute. Um, I like this. Yeah, John says we're going back to the point. Honestly, so hard to pick up my own. Money. But yeah, I I completely agree. You should challenge people to some money matches and then throw a bottle at the board when you're about to play the. I saw that at the pool. Um, what do you think of ITV coverage of the darts when their contract? I believe uh, there's a new deal in place for ITV, and it's at that point of it. 
Um, it's great that free-to-air darts is on ITV, and that's a must for the sport. It's great that it's on Sky, but getting it to a bigger region, having it on ITV is huge. Um, do I think they could update some of their bits? Yes. I think some of their graphics are, are dated and they've been around for a long time. But that that's picking holes. But look, Mace is one of the best broadcasters in the in the game. I'm not just saying that because he's in the chat room and he's a friend. It's a fact that he is. So in term in terms of that, they they've got it nailed on. Jackie's very good. Um, I just like to see something a little bit new with ITV because I still see a lot of the graphics the same as they were five six years ago. Add add into that live coverage. Yeah, that, that that's from that's, that's, what that's different. I think World Series is a different conversation to have around. Yeah. The UK based the, 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 the Masters, the UK, the players, the I think, are reasonable to just broadcast. The World Series is aimed at UK. Yeah, but if we're talking about ITV as a whole, I, uh, I, I think that's, that's a big one. I understand it with the American ones. I can understand that sort of. But some of the other ones, when they're delayed and it's like... Two hours in, it makes no sense. Yeah. Um, Aberdeen Ballroom, nice. Um, um, are we doing Gary, um, Colin McGarry, and luckiest players with draws at the seniors? Um, Taylor and then Thornton, to be fair. Yeah. Who did he lose to in Hull? I mean, you can't say unlucky when he absolutely... I don't even know how to politely put it, but it was not very pleasant what he did to Peter Evans. <laughs> no. It was probably That's... slightly less garish than what Peter Everson did to his wife at the end of the walk-on. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, I would like to see the World Series events live. I think everyone was. Eight or eight five. You beat Della and then Everson. Here's one from, from Josh. One player you'd like to see in the seniors. Who would I like to see that's not been in yet? Um He's old enough, but he can't play. I'd love to see Gary. <laughs> I guess if it's looking at it from a Torrance PDC player dropping in, the one I'm really looking forward to when that happens, James has literally just dropped the name in now, is Steve Beaton. I think that'll be a great addition to the seniors. Tom Whitlock for me, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's a few players. I, I think the easy answer right here, right now is... For one world championship appearance, I'd love to see Wayne Mardell. Yeah. And I think there's a the, the biggest comment is when's Mardell playing? When you announce him Mardell, 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 Mardell. And Wayne just does not want to compete. No, agreed. I, I could see King giving it a go. Yeah. Burnett next year. I don't think he's going to retain his tour card. Needs to get to the world, doesn't he? Yeah. 
Um, who else could we see in there? Steve West is 48. I still think he's got the game to get back on tour once he gets his hip operation done. Colin Lloyd, great shout. Um, Stanley's only 12 years away. So I said Mark Webb's the time before, all right? <laughs> Every time he does. I can't tell you his response to that on stream. <laughs> um, didn't Mildoff say Mark Barilli turned 50 this month? I think so, yeah. yeah. Turned 50 this weekend. I think. Yeah. be interesting to see him. Any more? I'd like to see more of Andy Hamilton. I know he's already played. Some floor events, especially after the way that he played in the Super Series early in the year. Mickey Mansell is almost 50. Henderson's already in. That was announced a few weeks ago. May only be in the match. match. Yeah, we the match. tournament, though. Yep. But yeah. Um, Ever been to the Barnsley Dome? Absolutely. I've not, and it's what is literally the closest Pro Tour venue to my house. <coughs> um, Every time I ever played Dev Tour, it was in Kim Wigan. <laughs> um, the, the I, went, I, went to, I went to Dev Dev Tour at uh, Barnsley. No, I went Wigan. Trek. Yeah, um, Premier League. It's the, the O2 or Mercedes Benz. Here's one as well. The after parties are at Trilogy at the match play. Yes, Matt. I, I, it has been released now with all the, the names on. It will be a lot of fun. This one will get Gob talking. <laughs> the, one, the one thing I don't understand about the World Series is what's the end goal? At what point has the World Series achieved what it's set out to achieve within a specific region and when do you move on? Are we always just going to have a World Series event in Australia and acknowledge the fact it's too far away from where the rest of civilization play darts so therefore you can have two events a year and we'll put them on at a TV time completely different to everyone else in the world? Yeah, pretty much. But, but at what point is that not... Because the, the bottom line of the World Series is to grow the game of darts. Doing the same thing over and over again in Australia and New Zealand is growing jack shit. It stayed at the same level for a decade. And every time it does grow a player, they pick up a tour card and go from the Australian game anyway. I know we touched on it while we're on Australia. I know we spoke about it briefly because the news broke last week when we were on air. But it's interesting that Corey's not been picked. I know he's not played, but it's still interesting that they've left the tour card holder out. I think it would be a sort of an undeserved reward if he was to be picked, considering he's not played yet. I doubt the reasons he's not played isn't through choice, but still... 
I don't think it would be a bright look if he was then put into the World Series events. It's just, it's just an interesting one. Um, will that Leonard or Thornton give Q school a go? I think Leonard's more likely than Rob. Leonard's probably more likely than Rob, but if Leonard keeps doing the way he's with success on the seniors and with potential success then as well on the Super Series, that does then change. I'm not as convinced. Yeah. Because I think Robert would have potentially gave it another dog before all his success he's had away from it and thought, well, I can make a very, very good living still from not being on the tour. I think those questions will probably start appearing in Leonard's head as well. Possibly. It'll be interesting. And the, I guess the fact with Leonard is he just wants to play darts. And John O'Shea has clearly stated today and previously that doesn't always happen when you've got a tour dart. That could be a, a, something that comes into Leonard's thinking. Get these guys a Gary Anderson t-shirt. I just want to play darts. <laughs> um, interesting one. Do you know, I I think Nico will play again. Um, he, he played, obviously, last year um, to see where he was and he needed to go away and do a few more bits. I, I think that he is fully focused on media, but I still think that we'll, we'll see him again at some point. I think we'll see all three playing commentators before the end of the year. I think we'll see Webby play as well. Yeah, that's what I mean. Webby, Webby, Mace, and... Yeah. Ooh, at least three. Webby, Mace, Nico, even if it's just a Thursday and Friday. Does it potentially? And he's got a busy nine weeks to get ready for the yeah. seniors match play. Um, calendar, it's normally around September time, but Matt... Matt did tease it maybe earlier because they've almost finished it. Would that be all 12 months or just 10 of them? I don't know. <laughs> um, wouldn't Cadbury draw fans and ratings? Maybe. This, this is an interesting one. Um, the problem is, Josh, is to get into the UK, you need a sports visa. That's the one. So that's the same period. Periods. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you have to have a professional sports visa. Um, we know this obviously from Kyle Blessing went through the same issues. He was home for five or six months while it was sorted. So to get your visa, you have to have a tour card. You can't apply for that professional sports visa until you've got one is the problem. So it's, it, it's, you just can't physically do it. Although, it is a pain, and it does mess everything up. The issue with Corey's is they hope to just renew the one he already had. Yeah. And that didn't go to plan. Yeah, so it was almost like a fresh a fresh process. Yeah. Um, Matt Edgar as well. Yeah. It's normally around September time. There's no official date of when it will come out. But looking ahead, the, the back end of the year is going, going to be busy. 
There is plenty to play for. And Peter Wright has got a big six months ahead now. Why are we talking? Yeah. Well, there was no question, so we were just talking just in general while we... Kind of a name out there that we totally weren't prepared to talk about tonight. Yeah. It depends on Peter Wright's aspirations, doesn't it? He's, he's sort of been there and done the lot now in a very, very short space of time. Yeah, yeah. He's, been, he's been there a long time, just done the lot in a very short time. Yeah. No, I, sheesh. So he's right. This is what Peter Wright's defending World Championship, 500,000. World Match Play, 150. Players Championship 100, Grand Slam 68.5. <laughs> Not great. Uh, on the tour card race. Up to 12th. Yeah. Um. Does MVG play the European Touring Trio? Yeah, Michael is down to play. Which, I guess, back to the pier, right one, down to 12. He's had a, not had a right 12 months. To still be in that position just shows how duddy, tam, how duddy still is. 100%. It's a huge fall from, at the moment, he's the tour of or has been, he's in the top three or four in the world. Yes, it's a huge drop from that conversation. It's very, very difficult to then let yourself back into it. But it still shows that he can still perform even if he's not playing to the standard it is when he picked up his two titles. Yeah. Um, will Mark Webster play professional again? No. Which players are going to lose their tour card? Right. So, the ones in danger, first of all, God loves a calf. How much do you think is needed to keep your card this year? Oh, fucking no. <laughs> what was it last year? About 60, was it? Yeah, something like that. So, Danny Anson's current on the tour card. <laughs> Clinging on to 64th. There's some big names outside, but there's not a lot in it. We'll go 60 grand to be safe then. So, from Men, I think Menzies will pick up enough to, to put him over that threshold. Um, it just players, you have to get to the worlds. Yeah. Um, yes, Bob, I'm going to Poland. If they let him in. Um, yeah, not long, not long till the next seniors event as well. Go all eyes on York now. 
Yes, another announcement will be dropping on Wednesday. Are we in that one again? Uh, Thornton defending. We're off to York. Looking forward to this one because York is another venue that has hosted big sporting events before. Just as just as a general point, York as a as a county, Yorkshire has had fantastic success recently. Yorkshire is massive, um, but hopefully we get plenty of supporters there. If if someone like a Darren Johnson or a Brian Dawson or a Martin Turner qualifier as well. That could be the rowdiest crowd we've had. Yeah. Even bigger than Phil at the Tavern, Richie at the Tavern. If you get a Yorkshire county player in there or, or former county player or any along those lines, that could be very, very interesting indeed. Um, layout looks fantastic. Lineup looks really, really strong. Then we've already added John Henderson to that. Um, yeah. Yeah, fires uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Currently, sat in position, McGarry on the order of merit and Housen via the money list. None of that changed uh, through the Open Series in Newbury, but obviously uh, McGarry's lead was cut at the top. He's two points clear of uh, Mike Huntley in second. It's a good point from Max. Dazzle will bring a few from T side. Which again will be interested in itself. Look, Glenn's been fantastic with his media duties. It's how much time has he put on the board? How has he managed to step up the level again that we saw from him at the Circus Tavern? Because that wasn't the Glenn Dorrant that everybody knows and loves and will follow and adore and, and support. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sean, the... Um, Matt said in our last interview, they've got a list of venues to look at. So, fingers crossed, we may get the Grand Prix back in Ireland next year. This one's been talked about a lot. I don't see it in the near future. I think they've dug themselves a little bit of a hole, given the time of year it is. Like It's just incredibly difficult to adjust it either side and keep... Look, Demand for tickets is still ridiculously high, but if you're adding another three, four, five, six sessions to get that done, you're either starting ridiculously early in January, and, and there is still that. Even if they did do it that early, it would still be everybody plays one game this side of Christmas and then the rest of the tournament the other side of Christmas. And that's still a massive cut off. There's already a big wait for someone, take Peter Wright this year, for example, or whoever the defending champion may be at any point playing opening night to then not playing again until at least boxing day 20 27th isn't it 27th then i, I, I said at least i can't remember what days were but you could literally fit every other pdc major in that time frame between them picking their darts up again competitively you can't go add in another five or six days to that five or six sessions to that, so that everybody plays once before Christmas. Uh, Tom, I don't know is the honest answer. I know they were expensive in the Premier League, but again, that's, that's not the PDC's fault. That, that's the venues that, that set the prices, and whilst people are still paying it, they're never going to go down. 
it's not still paying it though, and it you've always got that captured market thing. It's not still paying it. It's it's essential to pay it to enjoy that night out. Yeah. I don't think Belgium. I think there are other areas they should go to, but Belgium wouldn't be it for me. Yeah, if you didn't add Belgium, would be a, probably taking another one from Germany for Euro than shutting in the World Series. And it, and it wouldn't be adding as well. You don't want to add another World Series event. No, I guess More not. Replaced. The lack of the comparison. The production of the Belgian Euro Tour is so good because it goes out live on Belgian TV as well. The stage just looks that much better and it always seems to be that much cleaner. The crowd is always fantastic. As a World Series event, I think it could work. And actually, if you're then going to capitalise on the success of Dimi and getting Kim in there as well as your number two, whilst he's still competitive enough, because we've seen dips from him before, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. You've got Mike Decker on the up. Um once again, you could possibly sneak Ronnie back in again as a Star Wars, get a few more young names in there and go, actually, this is the best that Belgium have got to offer. But it would probably take something like what happened in the in the, in the Netherlands last year to happen, and that is the TV company say, we want a Ben, we'll pay to put World Series there. Yeah. Um, on that same bit... I'm not sure France is ready for a World Series. We've been banging the drum for France to get a spot at the World Cup for a significant period of time now based on how good Thibaut Tricol has been or performed in the WDF and making a bit of a name for himself. And whilst he's had conversations with effectively the French government about recognising darts, etc., the absence of a French broadcaster willing to show the World Cup or, or strike a deal with the PDC in that regard has been the hindrance for France playing for a number of years. They didn't have a choice but to invite France this year because every tour card holder, every t- nation with a tour card holder gets representation. That, that's pretty much been an unwritten rule for the last couple of years. I'm still not sure if there was a TV broadcast to go with that unless it was just designed. I don't know. The, the, the point of a World Series is you go to a local broadcaster as well as showing it on PDC TV or DAZN or, or Sky or, or ITV. Not just a broadcaster, a local promoter as well. Yeah. Um, on the World Series, double one. I'll flash them both at the same time. One, what about a women's only World Series event? And is there a bigger plan for the Women's Series in the future? I guess to Jamie's one about women's only World Series event. It's about making steps at the right time, and I think that would be too soon. But a bigger plan for the World Series should be with a World Championship, I think, a women's only World Championship. Um, Because, yes, they've still got the WDF, but we're unsure, there's uncertainty around when that's on TV. So at the moment... There is only one TV event for the women's, and I think that needs to get expanded. Because, yes, we're going to see the likes of Bell, probably Fallon, maybe one other, Matura in the mix for the World Championships and Slam. But the rest of the field is getting stronger, and we're still not seeing them all. Yeah. 
yeah, that that is a slight issue. Do you know it's then the, the nations that that will only ever go that way? This is one of the ones that we'll never know because there's two ways of looking at this because McCurry could have beat James Richardson, what was it, two games before, a game before Fallon beat Ted, that the reaction maybe if McCurry had won may not have been as big in the UK and America, but if she'd have won, I think the explosion in Asia would have been huge. Two different markets. There's always yeah, going to be that white, isn't there, on, on whoever yeah. was the first? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, it'll be interesting. Um, right, folks, we are going to wrap it up because we're all knackered. Um, but once again, thank you very, very much for your continued support here on the live land with us. We will return next week, but plenty coming up in between. So make sure you keep an eye out for everything as it happens. Gentlemen, thank you very, very much as always. With Phil Bars, Jack Garwood, Lee Boyce. We're sorry we're signing out slightly early tonight, but we are absolutely <laughs> And we'll see you all next week. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.